It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And lots to talk about this morning if you're traveling. Pretty good weather. Not overly hot, but a good way to wrap up the deer hunting season. And uh, I must admit, I have not seen a lot of big bucks on Facebook. So I'm not sure if the hunt is down or uh, the people I'm involved with on Facebook just aren't knocking them down. But hopefully it's been a good hunt for you if you've been out there. We'll take a look at the crop progress report. A little bit surprised we don't have uh, more as far as, uh, well, precipitation. This is the driest month, driest November ever. Just two one-hundredths of an inch of precipitation in November. That's not a lot. So, again, we've got uh, no real moisture in this forecast either. It's going to be good traveling weather. If you're going to Grandma's house or if uh, the kids are coming to your place, whatever the case may be, it shouldn't be uh, too bad to get where you want to go. And if you're going to be around here this weekend, Friday Night Nacio is the big deal. What's going on? It's the 36th annual Lighted Christmas Parade. 36th. I remember the first one. I was in the first couple or two. We had uh, one of our marketing people, Linda Mann, who was uh, so good at what she did and uh, getting communities energized. She helped get that started in Osseo. And uh, we were there 36 years ago. We had an engineer that could do anything. And his name, <laughs> and uh, so he hooked us up with a hay rack and some batteries. We had lights on our Christmas tree, and we had everything. And everybody <laughs> lit up for their Christmas parade in Osseo. But that's been going on now 36 years. Wow. What a what a good parade that is down there. So Friday night, down right down uh, the street in Osseo. Be a good time. All right, other things we're going to take a look at. Pretty good weekend for football here. I made a lot of miles. Went to the Badger game on Saturday, the Packer game on Sunday. And both teams won. What a good deal that was. And as we said, the hunt's going on. Have you seen on your Facebook page or on the back of pickups or cars? I haven't seen a lot of deer. I've seen quite a few on the Facebook page. But a lot of them were from the bow hunting. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for the gun hunt. The gun hunt, I have not seen a lot, no. No, I haven't seen either. So I don't know whether uh, we're not taking pictures of those deer out there in the woods. But uh, again... Good luck. It uh, shouldn't be a problem out there because temperatures are going to be in the 40s today and tomorrow, then the 30s through the rest of the weekend, the opening weekend. Not bad weather, getting nice and uh, cold overnight, maybe early in the morning. You can walk on some of that uh, swamp area with a little ice stiffening up a little bit, but uh, have not seen a whole lot of pictures as far as the deer are concerned. In fact, I think it's the least number of pictures I've seen it, I don't know how long, because normally we've got pictures of deer all over it. So we'll talk about uh, that. I guess we just did talk about that. We'll talk (laughs) about other animals, talk about turkeys. We'll talk about the bird flu. 
And we will talk about the Farm Bill. While Jill and I were in Kansas City uh, last week, a lot of folks were there talking about the Farm Bill, what's going to be in it, when is it going to get done. We all know it's been pretty much uh, extended for a year now, an agreement in Congress to do that. And we're also going to hear from a place you visited, well, a couple months ago now. Yeah, I was to uh, Miltrum Farms. It's up by Athens. And they milk a whole lot of cows, and they've got a whole lot of robots doing one barn, but they also have a mm-hmm. double was double twenty four herringbone parlor that they milk out of too. So they've got, but they've got a, a lot of approximately how many robots do they have over there at Miltrum Farms in the Athens area. That's a bunch. I believe it's thirty. 30 robots in an 1,800 cow facility. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's what you need over there. So we'll hear about that, why that decision was made, and uh, what it's meant as far as their operation is concerned. And also, uh, of course, as we get to uh, Thanksgiving, the turkeys. And what's going on with turkey prices? Well, the turkey price averaged $1.27 a pound in August of this year. Then prices dropped to a dollar and a quarter in September that's down 43 cents from a year earlier, and it's the lowest monthly average price for turkeys since July of 2021. That price reprieve comes after an outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza in 2022, resulted in major losses for the commercial turkey flock. Turkey production fell 6% to just over 5.2 billion birds in 2022. Down from about almost 5.6 billion in 2021, and then prices went higher. So again, turkey prices uh, in pretty good shape right now. Dollar and a quarter a pound in September. I haven't looked. Have you checked to see where they're at? Uh, have you you serve turkey? I don't imagine you serve turkey, do you? No, I don't really need to serve turkey. I have enough big fat chickens in my. So you got chickens and ducks and geese and everything else rolling around at the Welke uh, Animal <laughs> Farm down there. Well, no geese. Oh, but, you don't have any geese? No, no. But the ducks are are all on foot yet. What? I don't butcher those. Oh, you don't butcher those. Okay, yeah. you just sell duck eggs, huh? I sell duck eggs. <laughs> all right. Speaking of eggs, we'll also be uh, taking a look here. At the chicken and egg report, it's always interesting to see how many chickens we've got and how many eggs we lay versus some of the other parts of the world. Total egg production in Wisconsin, oh, about 209 million. Iowa, over a billion. Again, it's always amazing to think about that. A billion eggs a month, one point, almost 1.2 billion eggs a month in Iowa. And Ohio is now over a billion eggs a month as well, so... Unbelievable, and if you've seen those big barns, you think some of our poultry barns where we feed out chickens and turkeys are big. Wait till you see some of those uh, farming operations that have all those laying hens and in places like Iowa. So again, lots to talk about this morning as we get closer into the week of Thanksgiving, and hopefully everybody's going to have a good Thanksgiving. As a lot of farm organizations too, the Farm Bureau first part of December. Wisconsin Farmers Union, a little further into December, will have their annual meetings. So lots to talk about, lots going on. What did we miss? I don't know what we missed. Okay, well, we'll figure it out. As <laughs> we'll we figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, one of the things we haven't delay or haven't talked too much about is the weather. We'll tell you more. <laughs> 
The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, pretty good weather to get the chores done, then get out on the hunt once again, right on through the weekend. Temperatures are going to be in the uh, 40s today and tomorrow, 30s, right on through Thursday through Sunday. No precipitation, so again, traveling should not be a problem. Maybe this morning a few scattered flurries or showers going through, but they're very scattered and they won't be around very long. We're going to have 42 for the high today, and everybody around the state's pretty much in the 30s. Milwaukee's at 40. That's about it. Otherwise, everybody's in the 30s this morning. And maybe a little breeze out there today, too, so uh, deal with that. Find a good tree that you can get up and block the wind, but again... Good luck on the hunt. Like to see some pictures. 36 degrees right now on wax. Just got a call from Cal. He's driving over to Athens. He said, I wish those deer hunters would do a better job. He said, I've missed 18 of them already this morning. So they're on the run. So hopefully you can catch up with them. Wow. Got a lot of hunting left to do. And obviously there's plenty of deer to go after. About a minute after five, this is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's find out what else is going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The White House says it's making progress to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, however, told reporters more work needs to be done to broker a deal between Israel and Hamas. This comes amid news reports that negotiators are nearing a deal to release some of the hostages taken during the October the 7th attack on Israel. President Biden also told reporters on Monday he believes the deal is close. More than 200 people were taken hostage by Hamas last month. President Biden is wishing Americans a happy Thanksgiving ahead of the holiday. The president hosted the annual turkey pardoning ceremony at the White House on Monday morning, where he pardoned two turkeys named Liberty and Bell. I hereby pardon Liberty and Bell. <laughs> The pardon means the birds won't be cooked up and served for this year's feast. Biden said the Thanksgiving holiday is a time we remind ourselves we have so much to be thankful for as a nation. A new poll shows Donald Trump continues to slightly lead President Biden in the race for the White House. The Harvard Caps Harris poll shows Trump receiving 48% support among respondents compared to Biden's 41%. 11% of respondents said they were unsure who to vote for. Belly fat could be linked to early stages of Alzheimer's disease. Brian Shook reports. A new study found that those in their 40s and 50s with more hidden belly fat had a higher amount of an abnormal protein in the part of the brain where dementia occurs. The study's senior author said men have a higher relationship between belly fat and the brain. The research also showed a relationship between belly fat and brain atrophy, which is important since the brain wasting away is a biomarker of Alzheimer's. I'm Brian Shook. And the Philadelphia Eagles storm back from a 10-point halftime deficit to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 21-17 on Monday Night Football from Arrowhead Stadium. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, awfully nice weather for Thanksgiving, although our dry November does continue. Only two hundredths of an inch of precipitation around the Eau Claire area this month. The driest November on record. 42 today, partly cloudy, maybe a few scattered showers, scattered flakes moving through this morning, but nothing to get too excited about because they won't hang around long. It's kind of windy again today. And we're looking for, again, that high of 42. 48 tomorrow, partly sunny, then Thanksgiving Day, right on through Sunday. We're looking for partly cloudy to partly sunny conditions, temperatures in the 30s. It'll get up 
freezing overnight every night, 23 tonight, and then 19 the next night. So, again, it'll, uh, it'll get cold overnight, but uh, not desperately cold, just enough to maybe, like we say, firm up a little bit of ice, at least for early morning uh, hiking into the swamps to get that one that you saw go in there. We'll see how it works. But, again, the hunt continues. Hunt safely. Right now it's 35 in Rice Lake, Medford 31, Lacrosse 39, Madison 36, a little rain down that way. Milwaukee 40 with a little rain. Green Bay 37, a little rain. Marshfield at 33 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Not bad. It's 36 degrees out there right now. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's see what the markets look like. This will be obviously a holiday-shortened marketing week, but uh, we started off uh, yesterday, obviously, with full markets. So, Jill, what do the livestock numbers look like? Choice-fed beef steers are 169 to 180, with mixed steers at 130 to 169. Choice-fed beef heifers are 169 to 181, with mixed heifers at 120 to 169. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 141 to 175. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 150 to 158, with select and silage-fed steers 110 to 149. Cows are 74 to 94, with a top of 123, with bulls at 99 to 123. Butcher hogs are 45 to 90, with sows at 36 to 56, and boars at 34 and down. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in the rest of the markets. Futures markets for livestock. Cattle, live cattle, they were mixed yesterday. December live cattle, 175.47, down 27. February, 176.65, down 15. April cattle, 178.72, that was up 30. And June at 174.30, up 85. Feeder cattle were higher yesterday. January contracts closed at 229.85, up $1.35. March up $1.32 at 232.30. April feeder cattle up 132 at 235.82. May up $1.47 at 239.25. And out to August, 122 higher at 252.50. Hogs were lower across the board. December carcasses, uh, lean hog carcasses. 7035 down 62 the february contract down 40 at 7505 april down 47 at 8097 and may down 42 at 8660 and taking a look at what's going on on the board of trade early week corn and beans were higher yesterday kind of a quiet trade pushing prices up but they do have an eye on this South American weather. They're not uh, sure, the grain traders, what's going on. And looking overnight, we're going out to the March contracts now. March corn up a penny overnight at 489. The oats up two at 365. Wheat up a penny at 571. March soybeans up a nickel at 1388. Meal for March up 480 a ton at $434.90. Dairy markets. Not pretty. Barrels down a nickel, one fifty one a pound. Block cheese unchanged, one sixty. Butter up two and three quarters, two fifty one and three quarters. The November class three was unchanged at seventeen thirteen. December down twenty six at sixteen thirty eight. I think last week before we left that was well over seventeen dollars, but it's at sixteen thirty eight now. January at sixteen fifty three, also down twenty six cents yesterday. February down twenty three. At seventeen oh five and March down fourteen at seventeen sixty six. Prices a little lower out through next July. Ten minutes after five, we'll take a look at some of the news in the world of agriculture on this Tuesday morning at Wax. Thirty six degrees going up to forty two today. 
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And while we were in Kansas City last week, activity on the farm bill. Not much to get it done. What activity did we hear about, Jill? Well, it originally expired on October 1st, but it has been extended. Late last week, Congress passed another short-term funding bill that included a nearly one-year extension of the 2018 Farm Bill. Senate and House Agriculture Committee leaders all agreed with extending the Farm Bill through September 2024. President Biden is expected to sign the bill into law when it finally comes out of Congress. And out of Congress is going to be the trick. There were many panels and a lot of folks addressing the Farm Bill. And on one of those panels was former Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson, who, of course, was the chairman of the Agriculture Committee writing farm bills and also uh, the ranking member on other farm bills. So he's been around farm bill writing a lot in his career. He's around at this time, although he's not going to be involved in any voting. He's no longer a member of Congress, but he has a consulting organization now, and he is still in contact with the folks in the House as far as, and the Senate for that matter, as far as this legislation is concerned. And he was a panel member at our NAFB meeting, farm broadcasting meeting, this past week in Kansas City. And the question was asked him, and now with this extension, what's the likelihood that we're going to get a new farm bill in 20, not just the short term, but what's the likelihood we're going to get a new farm bill in 2024? This is Colin Peterson's reaction to that question. I say good luck. Uh... Because the same issue that's been there for the last year still is there. And that is that they have not identified any additional resources that they could bring to the table. And that's the problem. And until they get that and get some certainty and got people to agree on what it is, you can't really move forward. So the staff is working pretty well. I've been out in D.C. and talked to all of the different staff. They're, they're actually working well together. Uh, you know, the members are working well together. They're, they're all trying to get this done. But uh, you got some folks out there that have got wishful thinking, in my opinion. <laughs> Somehow or another, there's going to be some magic uh, pot of money that's going to appear. Uh, I have some experience with this, because in the 2007 bill, <clears throat> when I became chairman, you know, I was a brand new chairman, and I had never been through this. And, and so John Spratt, who was the chairman of the Budget Committee, comes up to me on the floor, and he says, uh, this is like in... I don't know, March or April, something like that. He says, he said, I want you to know I did you a big favor. He said, I got you $10 billion additional money for the farm bill in the budget. I had never asked him for anything, and I said, well, okay. You know, and I hadn't really thought it through. Well, <clears throat> what that did is it put Charlie Rangel and Max Bacchus in charge of the farm bill because they were the only ones that had any potential of coming up with this money. Yeah, and all of a sudden, they're part of the deal, you know. And that's the problem, bottom line, with this whole money thing. You cannot, in this divided situation, how you can find a way to get the two sides to agree on a, how to come up with this extra money. Because the, the Democrats will not cut spending, which is what the Republicans want. And the Republicans won't raise taxes, you know. And so if you don't have an agreement between folks on bot how we're going to do this, if you try to put, interject uh, whatever amount of money it is, you're going to set off a war. You know, and if you try to take it from another committee, that's going to set off a war. So, I mean, it's just 
That's the problem. And uh, Sabinow, to her credit, has come up with some way to come up with a billion or four billion dollars or whatever that the, you know, and yesterday Vilsack was here and he says, well, just take it out of the CCC. Well, that's a lot simpler than, uh, it's a lot more complicated than he's trying to make it out to be. And basically what that does is puts him in charge of the farm bill, which is what he wants. So it's very complicated. And, um, you know, I hope we get it done, but, you know, we could be ending up with a long-term extension of the 23 law. You know, that's where, where we might end up. And that's Colin Peterson, who is former chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, as he said. He knows the players, he knows how these things work, and he knows how people are trying to wedge their way into being the important person as far as the farm bill is concerned. And others on that panel, there was another gentleman from the University of Illinois, and he was an ag economist, he said the same thing. Good luck getting a farm bill done in 2024. We might have a real long-term extension, the 2023 farm bill, but again... We will wait and see. More money coming out of Washington, D.C., Jill. What's that? Well, the USDA plans on using $1.3 billion from the Commodity Credit Corporation to launch a new export marketing development program called the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program, or RAP. Even with last year's record exports of food and agriculture products of $196 billion, the USDA is making this investment to expand markets. Strong competition, particularly from South America and Brazil, and strength in the U.S. dollar are two reasons to invest in expanding markets around the world. And the current Agriculture Trade Promotion Program is set to run out next year. Studies have found that for every dollar of investment in opening up new markets... A $24 return in increased food and agriculture exports is realized in the industry. And we've also had a chance down there to talk to people in the administration and the trade area about new trade deals. We haven't signed a new trade agreement uh, in about 10 years. So we'll see, uh, we'll hear some of their comments in the future on what the likelihood is of uh, going forward with trade agreements. And it's turkey time but boy a bad deal keeps surfacing well last week avian influenza or bird flu was confirmed in a backyard flock in taylor county this is the wisconsin's first confirmed case in a domestic flock in 2023 iowa michigan and minnesota have all announced cases of bird flu in domestic flocks in the past month and the usda has confirmed outbreaks in 67 flocks across 20 states in the last 30 days. Bird flu is very contagious and often fatal to domestic poultry. Flock owners are encouraged to practice strong biosecurity measures to help to protect their birds from the virus. All right, and in spite of that, as we told you earlier... Turkey prices are down. They're a buck and a quarter a pound uh, earlier this fall, I believe September, October, whatever. So, again, if you're having turkey for Thanksgiving, uh, enjoy it. Or if you're having ham or beef or whatever the case may be, hopefully uh, you'll be around family and friends to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. Travel shouldn't be a problem getting there or getting back. As we're looking for 42 today, 48 tomorrow, then Thursdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but no precipitation in the forecast. 
It's dry in Wisconsin. And again, coming up, we'll hear about robots on the dairy farm. Miltrum Farms in Athens. Jill had a chance to visit with them here a while back, and we'll get more on that coming up right here on Wax. Right now, it's 36 degrees. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I am on a true learning curve this week as I'm out and about and visiting one of the largest dairies that I've ever seen here in Wisconsin. They operate with an awful lot of cows. I used to milk in a 100-cow barn, so this is a little outside my grasp. But I'm up here in Athens, and I came upon Miltrum Farms. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. And I sat down and had a chat with David Trimner. He is one of the partners in Miltrim Farms, and it's been around for a few generations. How many generations total has this farm been operating? So currently we're the fourth generation right now. Myself and my wife and my other partner, Andy Miller, and his wife, Jenny. We're the fourth generation here at Miltrim Farms. And there's been a quite a bit of growth over the years. How big was it when it got started? And just give me a little bit of the rundown of expansion and maybe kind of close to the years. So the farm was established in 1988. The farm was established in 1988. It was by my uncle Tom Miller and my dad Scott Trimner with the help of my grandpa Martin Miller. And so that's how we got Miltrum Farms with the Miller and the Trimner. And at that time in 88, we were milking about 300 cows uh, just down the road from where we're at today. And over the years, we've expanded uh, pretty regularly, and we're currently milking 3,000 cows, about 1,800 in 30 Laley robots, and 1,200 in our double 24 herringbone parlor. And how are the cows picked to go for either the robot way or the herringbone parlor? So generally, we'll, we'll pick based on um, how full each side is, but one thing that we do have is in the pre-fresh heifer pen, so the pen where the heifers who have not had a calf yet, are waiting to have their first calf, we have what's called a Laley Cosmics. And it's a concentrate feeder. It feeds them a little bit of pellet, and they can use that whenever they want. We don't push them in. They use it uh, free choice. And so the heifers that are more aggressive to use that are going to be better with the robots. So we try to pick those heifers to go to that direction. And how do you keep track of how many times they're eating the snack, as per se? So each heifer has a collar on, and that collar is kind of like a Fitbit for cows. It tracks their movement, their eating patterns, uh, their lying time, and then that also identifies them. So when that heifer goes to eat that pellet, it can track that and then tell us how often did she go, how much pellet did she eat. And they're eating these pellets, so if they're good eaters, they end up being more independent. And as we toured, I said this is kind of the independent barn, with how many robots? Again, we have 30 Laley A5 robots in that barn. And Jill, that's a good way to put it. So those cows are set up in a free flow uh, barn. And so what that means is the cows can milk whenever they want, they can eat whenever they want, and they can lie down whenever they want. And how many cows are in that barn? That barn houses about 1,800 cows, so it's going to be about 60 cows per robot. And the reason for putting in the robots? There were a couple of big reasons. Uh, First one that people generally say is labor. That barn is very efficient on labor. We have six people that do most everything in that barn for the 1,800 cows. Another is cow efficiency and cow health. So because 
it's just a very relaxed environment. You, you get more milk production, uh, better longevity out of the cow is a healthier cow overall. And then the third thing is consumer perspective. We like the idea that the cow can do whatever she wants, whenever she wants, and have that, that free flow aspect. Well, and I noticed when we walked through there, they were very comfortable. What are some of those features that are in that barn that help with the cow comfort and the cleanliness other than the robots? Yeah, so the first big thing is ventilation. We have extensive ventilation in that barn that helps keep the cows cool in the summertime. They've got a good breeze blowing on them at all times. And then in wintertime, it helps hold on to heat that the cows generate to keep it at a comfortable temperature. Another thing that we, we do in that barn is we bed the, the cows with sand. And all that sand is reclaimed. It's washed up again. It sets out to dry and then put back in the stalls. Sand is definitely the king when it comes to cow comfort. It's cool in the summertime, which is better for the cows. And then it's just a really nice environment to lie on. I noticed that there were different pens within that barn. Do cows move within the pens as they lactate along? Yeah, so we do have them set up uh, in different groups. So one thing that people may not realize is cows are very hierarchical, and so we try to keep the younger cows in their own pen, the first lactation, meaning they've only had one calf, in a different pen from the second and greater because those cows are going to be bigger, they're older, they're going to be boss cows, and they're going to push them around a little more. So we'll separate them by that, and then we also have a late lactation pen, Cows that are later on in their lactation are going to dry off in the near future. And so those cows don't need as much attention. They're just doing their thing. They're a little lazier. And so we don't have to worry about those cows as much. So we have those sorted into two separate pens as well. And you keep track of them individually with the cow Fitbits. Do alerts come back to a computer, a smartphone? How does that work? Yeah, all, all of the above, actually. So generally the team in the morning will print off what's called the health report. And you can set that health report to be as sensitive as you'd like on how the algorithm, how the system thinks she's feeling and how well she's doing. And so if it flags her, you can go out and check, see how she's doing, get some real-time data, whether it's taking a temperature, uh, just physically looking at the cow. So we have all of that technology to help monitor those cows to make sure that they're staying healthy, that they're happy, and that they're doing well. We've been talking about the independent barn is what I called it with your robots, and you still have your traditional 24 herringbone parlor. Any special features in that barn? So when it comes to that barn, there's not as much data collected. One of the nice things that we do have, obviously, because the cows all go to the parlor, you do get to look at every cow. They also have brushes in that barn, which is really nice when it comes to keeping the cows clean. It gives them something to do, which also is offered in the robot barn as well. So that's really a nice perk for them to have, and it's a nice back scratcher for them. And how many cows are in that barn? Right now, that barn houses about 1,100 And then we also have what's called our special needs barn. We call it barn two. And that's for all the cows that are in a more sensitive time, whether it's they've just had a calf or they're about to have a calf or they're in their vacation period, which is called their dry period. How many calves a day do you usually have? We run about 10 calves a day. And there's a lot of the calves that come out as a Holstein beef cross. And so they're generally all black and those will go to be raised for beef. And then all of the heifer calves, we have a a grower that grows our baby calves up to five months. And after five months, they'll come back to our heifer site, which is two miles down the road at the original dairy. 
Well, you rolled right into my next question if you raised them from step one. So the biggest reason for having those calves go to a raiser is what? So right now, it takes really good people, and then it takes a facility to raise those calves. And so where we're at currently, it's most effective for us to have them raised outside. However, long-term, we would like to bring them back home and raise all of our animals from day one all the way through. So we're going to take a step into the future. You mentioned calf raising facility maybe coming this way. Anything else going on? So we are looking at putting it in a manure digester as well, working with the company in order to make that happen. So what that'll do is is capture most of the methane that the manure creates and turn it into renewable natural gas. So that's a big project that we're, we're looking forward to see happen here on the dairy uh, to improve sustainability. When it comes to other big projects, we're just trying to continue to get better, not bigger at the current moment. Where we're, where we're currently at, um, we're about at capacity, so we just want to continue to improve on how we care for our cows and how productive our cows are and how we are as, as dairy men and women. And very, very dedicated to the industry, as, as you can tell over there at uh, Miltrim Farms, aren't they? They are. It was just so nice nice neat and well kept and they host some tours occasionally too and it was really yeah. interesting to find out all the things that they do yeah it's uh, interesting and it's good to hear that they host tours because that's the message we've got to get out to the consumers is uh, these cows are taken care of you're getting a good healthy safe product and uh, miltrim farms is a good example of that so again thanks to david for uh, opening up and sharing the sharing the farm story with us We'll get the story on the markets coming up next. Rocky's going to join us from Premier Livestock in Withy. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Rocky Olson joins us. Good morning, Rocky. You filled the tag yet? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I guess we, uh, we did see some deer, but just looking for some special ones. Yeah, and uh, did you see many on your trail cam before the season? Yeah, it's it's pretty typical gun season. They seem to disappear. Yeah. So. Have you seen anybody that's got uh, one they can brag about? I haven't seen a lot. I have not seen a lot of really bragging type deer. I mean, a lot of deer that guys are proud of, but mm-hmm. uh, the big, big ones, I uh, haven't seen many. All right. Well, we still got a few days left, so we'll uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll find those. All right. What's going on? It's a short marketing week. How'd we do yesterday over there at Premier? Thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is yesterday, Monday's auction shaped up. We sold 1,165 head. Uh, fed cattle traded steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 150 to 161. Select and low choice, 140 to 150. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.74. Market cows steady. High yielding cows, mostly from a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Most cows trading from 80 to 99. Market bulls mostly from a dollar to a dollar twenty-three. Organic market cows sold every Monday, mostly 120 to 150. An extreme top of 160. Uh, uh, newborn Holstein bull calves yesterday, mostly from 250 to 460 per head. Your beef cross calves from 350 to 680. Holstein heifer calves up to 200. Uh, today, Tuesday, we'll have a special feeder cattle auction. Uh, we also are going to be selling uh, bred beef cows. We do start the auction with the beef cows at 11 a.m. If you're bringing bred beef cows for the sale, make sure they're in no later than 9.30 this morning for preg checks. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll have a regular hay auction at 9.30. 
8.30, dairy cattle auction at 11. Uh, we do uh, have uh, featuring 125 cow Jersey herd, mostly going to be registered cows. Uh, they are freestall cows milked in a step-up parlor, plus that herd of cows has all the heifers from baby calves right through springers. Uh, full details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, give us a call at Premier at 715-229-2500. Like I said, we are open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here, but we will be closed Thursday and Friday. We'd like to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving, safe and successful hunt, and uh, same to you, Bob. All right. Well, I'm not getting out in the woods this year. I thought I might, but then I had some traveling to do. They backed our farm broadcasters convention up a week and so it backed right up into the opening day of the deer hunt so uh, i wasn't ready to go, do it you can still go out for late season archery well i can probably do that but you need a bow and arrow for that don't you yeah <laughs> we, we probably could get you a sponsorship <laughs> well we might try that it's been a while i've done that but uh, we'll see yeah. have a good one rocky we'll talk to you in the morning you too thank you there you go that's rocky over there premier livestock in the with the area well, what's it going to be like for the rest of the deer hunt, for Thanksgiving and traveling to Grandma's house or where Grandma's coming to your house, whatever the case may be. Let's find out. Mike Dandry is over at 13 First Alert Weather Room. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. You a hunter? I was about uh, 10, 12 years ago. Not so much anymore. I've All been right. saying that I want to go out, but I say the same it. thing. And every time I look at my rifle and I think <laughs> I should take it out and have uh, somebody... Make sure it won't blow up when I pull a trigger, but <laughs> I haven't done that yet. So uh, I guess I'm I'm done for this year. But I have, and I've made this comment all morning long. Have you seen many pictures of big ones? I haven't. No, I really haven't. But uh, you know what's kind of interesting, and what I think was my sign that I should have went out this year is uh, this was a few weeks, maybe about three weeks ago. Uh, I was just getting on the getting in the truck, leaving my driveway, and I see this beautiful eight point in my yard, and I was like, okay, you know, if there wasn't a school on the other side of that tree line, you know, maybe uh, maybe we'd be in business here. But <laughs> there's a school there. And yeah, I live you, in a residential you area. Better of it, huh? You thought better of it. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't worth the legal trouble I'd find myself well, in. That's true, but it should be nice weather during the day, cool enough. Getting below freezing, if you want to walk on the, maybe some of that swampy area early in the morning, take mm-hmm. us through Thanksgiving and the rest of the hunting season. Yeah, hopefully some of this cold can kind of stir things around because today getting in the low 40s, so pretty seasonable for the most part, we'll have a mainly cloudy sky. Now tonight, starting off mainly cloudy, but then we clear out gradually through the overnight, dipping to the low 20s. Now tomorrow we'll have the return of sunshine and winds out of the southwest. That's going to help push our temperatures up quite a bit during the day, getting into the upper 40s. But then we have that cold front that'll move through on Thanksgiving. That'll lead to sunshine for Thursday, but only low to mid 30s for our highs. And then later that night we're dipping to the upper teens low 20s friday really going to struggle to escape the 20s topping out around 30 degrees and once again lows in the upper teens uh for friday night saturday low to mid 30s that's where we hang out for sunday as well and monday once again right around 30 degrees so again hopefully we can get some of that cold to stir around the deer 35 degrees right now in eau claire though so really not a bad start to the morning windy today again a little bit of a breeze. I wouldn't say very windy like we saw quite a few times mm-hmm. over the last month, but uh, about 10 to 15 miles per hour this afternoon. Yeah, it looks like this is going to be the driest ever in November, huh? Yeah, no uh, no good chances of some precipitation look to be heading our way anytime soon, and the month is uh, over. What is it? Next Thursday is November 30th. Yeah, so. getting close, that's for sure. You better believe it. All right.
Thank you, sir. All right. We'll talk to you in the morning. We'll be here. There's Mike Dandry over there at 13 First Alert Weather. Again, 35 degrees right now. We'll find out what else is going on as we take a look at the news. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's find out if Morgan's got her freezer full of venison this morning. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom, of course. Well, that sister and brother-in-law of yours do any good? I get to break up my middle niece. Oh, she, really? First deer in a bucket that. So she had a pretty big smile on her face sending those pictures to the family. Well, I guess so. Congrats. Now, what's her name? Danica. Danica, and she goes to school in Boyceville? She goes to school in Boyceville. She's a sixth grader, got her deer. It's actually on the Wax Facebook page. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, so Auntie Momo had to brag a little bit. Well, I don't she blame you. She was pretty that. dang excited about it. Oh, that's good yeah. stuff. That's good stuff. All so. the little ones out in the stand. So uh, we're hoping for more pictures, and I can go freezer hunting soon if she keeps that up for me. <laughs> well, that's a, good way to, uh-huh. that's a good way to get into the season. Well, what else is going on? Well, we'll talk a little bit about those deer numbers in a second, but first, headlines to unpack. And that takes us to the courts. Good morning. Lawyers for the teenager accused of beating, assaulting, and killing 10-year-old Lily Peters has reasons why he says the case should be tried in juvenile court. There are new court documents to show that the suspect's lawyers believe he'll be better served by a trial in juvenile court and a sentence in juvenile detention. The teen was just 14 years old when police say he allegedly killed Peters last year. Now awaiting to go down trial, the decision about that juvenile or adult court status, that's the first step, and we're expecting to hear that before January. In other headlines, police in Menominee continue to look for suspects who they say robbed an ATM at West Wisconsin Credit Union. It happened yesterday morning early about 1. Police say multiple men pulled up, broken in the machine, took cash. Now, no personal information was compromised to customers is what they're saying now. But yesterday, the credit union said they were working to get the ATM back online overall. If you know anything, you're asked to take that to authorities. In other headlines, there will be a warning about a sex offender who's going to be released in Rusk County. The sheriff's office there saying 49-year-old Christopher Johnson will be released from prison today and live in Hubbard. We have those updates and information from the Sheriff's Office at 715newsroom.com. And if you're headed out to the Blaze Orange, maybe you haven't seen the Turdy Pointer yet, but we'll get a good look at who is seeing them. The first weekend deer season numbers are out today with the Department of Natural Resources slated for about 11 a.m. today to talk about those first weekend gun hunt numbers. They did warn that the harvest numbers will probably be a little bit down. Uh, Warmer weather, obviously, lack of snow cover fewer registers and last year hunters overall took 203,000 deer so we'll see where we're at in comparison to that in just a few hours here but before we go to the woods let's go back in time a little bit should we bring back the woolly mammoth that'd be quite the hunting season turns out a texas company has that kind colossal of colossal biosciences since they're using dna from asian elephants and the dna recovered from woolly mammoths frozen in the arctic to re-engineer the genome of the elephants to match the woolly mammoth Company officials say the two species are over 99% similar. The company is also creating artificial wombs to grow the woolly mammoth calves. Woolly mammoths were plentiful in the northern hemisphere 20,000 years ago, but went extinct 4,000 years ago. Company officials say they're also looking at de-extincting the dodo bird and the Tasmanian tiger. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, we better get back to the barn with our own Tasmanian devil. Bob Bolsold <laughs> leads the way today, and I Jill Welke along as well with your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. You know, it's neat they can do this stuff, but really and truly, who cares? Well, haven't you ever watched Jurassic Park? Well, it doesn't have, end well but, on the big screen. Yeah, but I mean, a woolly mammoth, and you know, there's a neat dig out in South Dakota, south of uh, of uh, the presidents out mm-hmm. there. But, uh, you know, 
I don't know. What what are they going to do with them when they put them in a zoo and nobody likes a zoo anyway? I so. know. Let them be. Yeah. Well, the best part is when we were kids. I'll never forget this. You talk about the digs in South Dakota yeah. and then they do all this kind of stuff. When we were kids, every weird looking rock we found on my grandma's driveway, we were convinced <laughs> was a shark tooth or a dinosaur bone. And my goodness, wouldn't she let us bring those in and polish them up and set them on her windowsill for her, oh, too? Well, we had our grandma. own little uh, paleontological digs when we were little. Oh, that's good. Making up the stories. All right. Well, you enjoy it. You get back to the chores, my friend. We're going to get back to the chores right now. Thanks, Morgan. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. Jerry Clark is here as well. We're 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. 35 degrees out there. Jerry Clark, Chippewa Dunn, Eau Claire County. Crops and Soils Agents is with us. And so what do you think? They say now, Jerry, the uh, corn harvest in Wisconsin, 78% complete. I'm surprised more didn't get done last week. I know it's still kind of wet out there, but I thought more corn would be off by the opening day, didn't you? Yeah, it seems, uh, I think that's a pretty good estimate, though. I think yeah, I think it's right, yeah. Yep, uh, but uh, I don't know, it just seems like um, it's been, uh, moisture levels maybe mm-hmm. are still a little higher. They're yep. not going to dry much over the next few no, months. No, they're not, that's for sure. I think that might be something that, uh, you know, they're just taking, Hoping to get that down as much as they can. I don't blame them for that either. Soybeans, 94% done around the state. I think that's uh, that's about right, too. Well, speaking of corn and soybeans, mm-hmm. that information is available. What's the latest? Yeah, so uh, the University of Wisconsin does uh, hybrid and variety performance trials uh, guided by uh, Dr. Joe Lauer with corn and uh, Dr. Sean Connolly with soybeans. And every year, one of the more popular publications that the uh, research that they do is their hybrid and variety trials. And this time of year is when those publications come out, and they're both out now. So that's um, something that farmers look for, uh, either to look at how the obviously how varieties perform, but if there's newer varieties or different genetics out there that provide that um, that data for yield and moisture and uh, there's even disease ratings and all kinds of different information with it. A lot of people go re- directly to the yield and look at that, but there's also a lot of information on how that uh, variety performed over several different locations and then also um, within the, the trial itself compared to the competition. No, it's this year's crop. That's just 20, 2023, correct? Yeah, um, so that's important. I, I would think for soybean, though, we had some problems with white mold that kind of surprised us. Mm-hmm. Is that all included yep. in that? Yeah. Maybe some of the varieties that are immune? Correct. There's there's ratings in there. And so you can look at the different varieties and how they were inf- uh, affected or infected uh, mm-hmm. with, with white mold and how they performed uh, through that. So there is a scale in there that shows the disease ratings for, for specific uh, varieties. I believe sudden death syndromes in there, brown stem rot, white mold, specifically for soybeans. And uh, it was interesting talking to folks in Kansas City, soybean cyst nematode now, they're able to uh, do, because that's the, that silent robber, they right. call it. You don't yep. realize you have it, but mm-hmm. they can be on top of that. Is there anything like that uh, in there as far as varieties? Yeah, they, they look at it in terms of, uh, you know, there's testing for it and those yep. kind of things. Uh, as far as the varieties themselves, there's ratings for it. So mm-hmm. that that's in there that, that tells you, um, you know, how that variety perform or is resistant to it well they say 10 percent yield loss you've got it it's it's there yeah that's the problem with soybean cyst nematode is you unless you test for it you may suspect it's there maybe not it depends Uh, usually you'll see it in a pocket a lot of times lower part of a field or the entry Mm -hmm. part of a field Uh, but usually you want to look at especially with yield monitors today you can kind of 
get a sense of what's going on because you'll see a pocket that's low yielding for really no reason. Yeah, and that's usually soybean cyst nematode sitting there. Because of these guys uh, doing custom combine, don't clean the combine off from one field to the next. They could be dragging it from field to field to field. Yeah, right. It, it gets drugged through soil, so that's usually yeah. where we see it, either in those low areas where maybe soil is washed down into a low spot of a field, or you look at uh, an entry part of a field mm-hmm. where equipment's going in and out with trucks or trailers or tillage equipment. So how do we get a hold of these variety trial books? Well, they're online, obviously. Okay. You can yep. just search for it there. Otherwise, you can call the, your local county extension office. Uh, they can try to get you a copy, or they can maybe print one off for you if you need to. But they're all online. Um, Wisconsin Corn Agronomy is Joe Lauer's site. They're right there up front. And then with Sean Conley, it's uh, thecoolbean.info is kind of how he markets. And so all of his variety trials and other soybean information is there as well. All right, get that. And coming up uh, first part of December, these... Uh these meetings again, but uh, December seventh, I saw a note from uh, from uh, Katie Wontock yep. about uh, those meetings. Those yeah. are going to be good. Yes, yeah, so we got crop insurance, grain marketing, yeah. uh, kickoff type meetings. So that's uh, the Canvas course, which is kind of a hybrid type yeah. of course. But they're going to be on uh, this first one is uh, December seventh here in Eau Claire, the Best Western. A lot of time to sign up for it. So if you're interested in that grain marketing course, this is kind of the kickoff. We got Corey Walters from the University of Nebraska, market grain marketing specialist. So if you want to hear what he has to say, pick his brain about some strategies, sign up for the course. I think it's going to be a good kickoff event. All right, and uh, sign up ahead of time. Yeah, it would be best. So we got enough materials, yep. food, that kind of stuff for it. Uh, there's no cost, so it's a it's a great meeting to get involved in that uh, grain marketing program. Uh, the kickoff part, if you want to sign up for that Canvas course and the whole course where we're going to move through. Steve Akinick and Trumpelo County and I will be guiding that on this side of the state. Uh, January through March, uh, that's got a cost, I think, around, uh, I think the cost is $100 for the whole course. But if you go to the kickoff event, there's a coupon you can get and get a reduced rate. All right, so good thing. So they shot all the deer in Tilden yet? Um, there was five at the end of my road last night, so they didn't get them all. <laughs> so I had to I had to watch for those. Oh so. yeah, so they're out there. They're still there. Yeah, but there's a pretty sure. big cornfield by our house that isn't harvested still standing. yet. Yeah. yeah, I know it. I know it. So they got some hiding places out there. Have a good Thanksgiving. All right. Yeah. You too, Bob. Thank all you. All right, Jerry Clark. Tuesday morning on Wax. Chippewa Dunn of Clare County Crops and Soils agent on the air with us. For those who work in acres. Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to the markets, but uh, Farm First Dairy Co-op in the middle of uh, member meetings around the area. When's the next one coming up, Jill? On Monday, November 27th at noon at Village House in Boyd. Then on Tuesday, November 28th at noon at Egg Country Financial in Marshfield. And now we need to head to Sparta Equity and hear from Hot Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers 168 to 175. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 159 to 167. The beef and dairy cross steers 158 to 168. The high-yielding choice Holstein steers 155 to 161. The choice and select Holstein steers 144 to 154. With the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers a dollar to dollar forty-three. Cow markets say quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar thirteen. The high-yielding slaughter dairy cows 95 to 110 cutter. 65 to 94 with low yielding and canner cows, 25 to 64 cents. Organic market today with results from the November 20th sale with the high yielding slaughter organic cows, 135 to 170. The thin and small organic cows, 94 to 134. With the organic steers and heifers, 150 to 175. Bull market steady. Most bulls bringing 90 to 105. The thin full of bulls over 2,200 pounds discounted, 89 cents and down. 
Calves sold by the pound today with a steady market with the quality of Holstein bull calves, bringing 275 to 425. The quality Holstein heifer calves bringing 50 cents to $1.25. Quality beef bulls, 550 to 750. The quality beef heifers, $5 to $7 with white and poor quality calves, 10 cents to $8 per pound. Just a reminder, there will be no sale on Wednesday, November 22nd. So our next sale will be Monday. November 27th, starting at 11.30, with hogs, followed by calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. We'd like to wish everybody a safe and happy Thanksgiving. This is Hut aimed at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. More markets as we head over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald with us. You got your deer down? Well, good morning to you, Bob. No, uh, well, I don't hunt, but uh, yeah, we've got... Uh, I didn't check last night what the, the, the hunters did yesterday in the family here, but we've got three of them so far in the family. Oh, good so. deal. Good deal. That's good. So you got venison for a while. Well, and, and, and uh, we haven't set a date to cut them up yet, but I'll let you know if you're available. You know? All right. So. I'll be available. I'll be available. All right. got yeah. a short week of trading that we all know, but uh, so far we've had one day. How'd Monday go over there, Stratford? All right, Bob, we'll tell the folks about that. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, a very busy Monday here to, uh, uh, like Bob said, a holiday-shortened week. But anyway, on the markets yesterday, cow market mostly steady with the uh, lower trend that we did see last week. High-holding fleshy Holstein and beef cows in yesterday's auction, selling mostly from 91 all the way up to an extreme top in the cows yesterday at 121. Most of the cows yesterday, the majority of the cows we sold were between 65 and 90. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 65. On the bull trade yesterday, your better quality bulls are mostly from a dollar to a dollar ten. Lighter weight bulls, a dollar and below. Fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from a dollar forty to a dollar fifty-five. High yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from one fifty-five to one sixty. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, those are below one thirty-eight. On the calf market yesterday, a lot of calves yesterday uh, selling mostly on a steady trend. Uh, good quality replacement Holstein bull calves weighing ninety-two hundred and thirty pounds, selling mostly from two hundred up to an extreme top of four hundred and sixty dollars on the Holstein calves. Heifer calves yesterday from 75 up to an extreme top at 240 on those. And your good quality beef calves selling from 300 to 600 up to 660 on the beef calves yesterday's sale. And uh, today will be the final sale day of this week here at Stratford. So we'll get underway this morning at uh, 10 a.m. with the hay and bedding auction. And we do have hay on the consignment list. Also, if your folks are looking for some... Uh, uh, corn stalk bedding, we do have a consignment of that, so that'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we'll have the market auction today, including uh, organic cattle. We do sell organic cattle every Tuesday here in Stratford, so that will be as per usual today at 11 o'clock, followed by the market auction. And uh, we will be closed tomorrow and Thursday, of course, observance Thanksgiving Day holiday. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow is Wednesday already, Bob. So you're, so you're going to be closed tomorrow? Yes, we are. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Sounds like a Wednesday plan. Wednesday and Thursday. All yep. Right. In, in the meantime, folks, have a good hunt, have a safe hunt, and and uh, we'll be back here tomorrow, uh, Bob, to give an update on today's activity. So everyone drive safe, and still a lot of combines out there, so be careful. Absolutely. Good advice, and we'll, we'll talk to you in the morning. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Barn. And the rest of our market is brought to you by Synergy Co-op in the Ridgeland area. Board of Trade, uh, kind of quiet yesterday, but watching the weather in South America, corn and beans were both up. Beans up about 27 cents. 
Overnight, March corn up a penny at 489, the oats up two at 365, wheat up a penny at 571, March soybeans up a nickel sitting at 1388 this morning, soybean meal up 480 a ton for March at 434.90 and at the country elevators today. New crop corn in Loyal is at 416 with soybeans at 1284 and in Arcadia, corn's at 421 with soybeans at 1299, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville. Corn's at three ninety six with soybeans at twelve ninety eight. At uh, Golden Plum today, according to our DTN screen, corn's four twenty nine. At Baldwin, four eleven and twelve eighty three. Durand and Fall Creek both have corn at four oh five. Beans at twelve seventy three. Mondovi corn four oh five. Beans twelve seventy eight. Elmwood four sixteen. Beans twelve eighty three. Osseo the corn's four twenty one with the beans at twelve eighty three. Elk Mound four sixteen and twelve ninety three on the soybeans. Sparta has corn at four twenty two. Beans twelve seventy three. Ellsworth three ninety six on the corn. Twelve eighty three on the beans. Ethanol plants, Boyceville 415, Stanley 425, New Richmond 419 this morning. Barrel cheese down a nickel, 151, blocks holding at 160, butter up two and three quarters, 251 and three quarters. November class three was unchanged, 1713, December and January both down 26, December 1638, January 1653, February down 23 at 1705, and March down 14 at 1766. Once again, Good hunting weather, good combining weather, so uh, whatever you're going to do, do it safely. 42 today, 48 on Wednesday, then in the 30s, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's 35 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.